0: Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Shopware. Shopware is an open commerce platform built for brands to deliver the experience their customers need today and into the future. Learn more at shopware.com slash Infinite Shelf. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Gorgeous, the number one e-commerce help desk for Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce brands. With Gorgeous, you can automate up to 20% of your commonly asked questions. Plus, it seamlessly integrates into your existing tech stack. Visit G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot com slash Infinite Shelf for two months free. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Triple Whale. Triple Whale's powerhouse platform makes it easy to understand your ad spend across media. Visit TryTripleWhale.com slash Infinite Shelf to try it for yourself. Hello and welcome to Infinite Shelf, the human-centric retail podcast. I'm your host, Ingrid Millman-Cordy, and I am joined with our guest host for the second half of season two, Kiri Masters. Hey, Kiri.
1: Hello, Ingrid. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great. How's everything been?
1: Yeah. It's another week done and dusted. We usually record these on a Friday afternoon, so it's a good chance to sort of- Ease out of the day to day and get into the weekend
0: with reflections. Totally, it's a good it's a good bookend, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we're fresh off of the week, and we just have all of our our mindset. Well, so today's episode is talking about purpose, and it is the continuation of our series into human elements, things that make us human by nature. Um, in previous episodes, we've talked about belonging, community, creativity, curiosity, and how all of those ultimately very, very human um, behaviors lead into and bleed into our lives as both people who run brands and also people who consume brands and products and services. And it's been such an incredible journey with you so far, Kiri. Thank you so much for, for joining and also just for making this conversation so much more robust. And I'm very excited to talk about purpose and right, just the human you. perspective and how that all works with within our lives, professionally, personally, the intermingling. What uh, What's top of mind for you when it comes to to purpose as, as it relates to consumer behavior?
1: Yeah. So where we started with this was sort of a description of purpose that each of us is here for a reason. And our mission is to find out what that is and then do it as best we can. And I don't know about you, Ingrid, but This is something that I have been sort of not struggling with, but sort of searching for, especially in the last few years. I've worked, I've I've had a lot of my sort of personal identity tied up with being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. And I'm not a business owner anymore. I sold my company in February and it was a great experience. I'm very happy where I am. But my sort of identity really shifted because I'm not sort of on my own responsible for 60 people's livelihoods anymore. Um, Things have changed a little bit and it really has got me thinking more about purpose and what am I here for and finding that out and then trying to do that as best as I can. So just personally I'm, I'm going through a little bit of a sort of search for that purpose as an individual. And it does make me think about, you know, as you mentioned, how does commerce interplay with that? How does, you know, my role as a leader and as a mother and as a, you know, family member and a community member, you know, where does that all come from?
0: Yeah. I'm actually, I'm so glad that you brought that up because thinking about our lives at work, especially people who Work as much as we do, and <laughs> like have so many things going on with work and it's it's hard to dismantle the place the people that we are and the identities that we create at work from who we are as people and so um, when I I've I've been in similar situations, not like selling my company. Congratulations, by the way, that's quite an accomplishment. Um, but I have been in situations where, you know, at one point, you know, I worked so long in beauty and fashion e-commerce and digital that that was so much part of my identity. And then moving to Noon and starting to work in the health and wellness space, I didn't actually realize how much of that like category or industry was part of who i was and then having to like retrain my brain and also just think about who i am as a person separately from those industries has been has been interesting and i think a lot of what i have found in that like self-awareness journey or you know continuing to be on that self-awareness journey is just the elements that i feel are the common thread that maybe I don't work in health. I don't work in beauty and fashion anymore. But I think that the lessons from the beauty and fashion industry are so much about brand building and so Mm -hmm. much about um, creating a connection, like an emotional connection with your consumers, that I actually having that awareness, being able to then build that into the way that I approach health and wellness and CPG has been so helpful. And so I think like, it starts with understanding how closely we are tied to those identities and then piecing out, maybe not like the top level, like the title of what that person is, like right, an entrepreneur, a person that works in fashion and beauty. And, but like doubling down into, or clicking down into what those, characteristics are. So like mm-hmm. you are someone who is, has a vision and is able to make a lot of people or a considerable amount of people, um, align to that vision and execute on that vision, which to me is very much an entrepreneur, but is also someone who is a, a director or someone within a larger mm-hmm. organization that has direct reports. So I think that there, if we step back from like these titles and we peel back into what are the characteristics, excuse me. And again, I do still think that that all aligns with like your higher purpose, right? So you aren't going to be a person who people follow or execute on their vision if you aren't someone who is purpose-driven and isn't tapped tapping into their internal motivations and things like that. Right. So like, I think it is all within this larger purpose conversation and just figuring out which pieces and which characteristic characteristics really are fueling these identities. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I think like how it relates to like these, you know, where, where we sit with our, with our people and and with our teams and with ourselves. And so on the other side of it though, so like the purpose that brands bring and, you know, I think that's the, if there's one characteristic of brands that has become more important in this century, like like the 20th century and then certainly starting in the 2010s and 2020s, Um, that brands have needed to embody that they haven't before, I would absolutely, I would say purpose is number one. Mm -hmm. Like there has never been, at least from from my understanding, there's never been a period where consumers expect a relation with purpose Yes, um, yes. with their brands. And I I think that that is both fascinating and important, but also sometimes really confusing. Like how, how do brands, how do you see brands going through that journey in an, in, in a meaningful way?
1: Yeah. It, it's so interesting because this is some, an area where I feel a little bit skeptical, both about the, mm. you know, for, some brands having a real intention around a purpose or if it is a marketing tactic at the end of the day yeah. i'm a marketer and I, i'm sort of a little skeptical of some of those those companies that have this you know overly flowery kind of purpose right and
0: there's even a name for that right there's like greenwashing or like cause washing yeah
1: exactly and then i'm also skeptical in some instances at least about what people say they care about with a brand around, you know, non-sort of product dimensions or price with things like sustainability. Yeah. But then also, like young people, let's say,
0: disproportionately
1: okay. care about sustainability of where things come from and you know the the, the carbon miles of of a product but then they're also the ones buying fast fashion from
0: Shein. Oh my gosh. So, I know. I,
1: you know, I, I'm a little confused about, you know, how much how much purpose people really take into account when they're actually making buying decisions and aligning with brands, or if it is, um, you know, one of those things where people say that they care about something or that they're going to act a certain way, but you really need to follow what they're actually doing. And what what the what the paper trail actually says that they've done?
0: I think that's a very valid observation, and I think similar to a lot of things that are maybe extra polarizing in this in our current environment, it's almost like there's always going to be the ten percent of people who will not, simply will not buy from a brand that isn't doing something like isn't be Corp certified or isn't, you know, doing something for the environment or whatever their, wherever their, you know, cause or purpose markers mm-hmm. lie. I think those 10% are just like completely committed to that. And then there's the other 10% that like, not only couldn't care less, but like is frustrated or like rolls their eyes at Mm -hmm. any company that thinks it's important to do something to give back, right? Because we live in a capitalist society and you know, who cares about that? Right. And then I think there's the 80% that's remaining that falls somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't know if for the 80%, the cause marketing, even if it's incredibly powerful and really making a difference is going to be the differentiator between them adding to cart with that brand versus another brand. Um, and I don't know, do you, do you feel similarly? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think when I think about my own buying habits, I try and be as as responsibly as I can when I'm, when I'm shopping. And then I also make a lot of decisions that are very convenience oriented as as well so I sort of understand and reluctantly accept that I am a walking hypocrite (laughs) (laughs) you know I've tried I've tried to use the the bar soap shampoo right so I don't have to buy a bottle of shampoo I use this you know the stuff that comes in a bar and it just doesn't work quite as well and I get a little upset when I have all my Amazon purchases <laughs> arriving in different boxes, but what am I really going to do about that? So it is. It, I think this is an area where it's almost the curse of knowledge that we, we're understanding that we're killing the planet. Most of us feel pretty bad about it, but to the extent that we're willing to change our lifestyles and accept way more inconvenience to actually sort of start turning the clock back um yeah. i think that a lot of people are, are, are sort of in that in that catch 22 of like feel feeling guilty enough but not really accepting that ac- accepting a change of behavior significant enough to alleviate their guilt
0: Nobody knows your customers better than you do, so why limit yourself? Offer outstanding customer experiences with Shopware, a turnkey open commerce platform featuring the rule builder for powerful and fully customized customer journeys, the flow builder for no code automation of complex business operations and everyday workflows and guided selling to create interactive live video events straight from your Shopware website. Trust Shopware's open framework and powerful network to help you deliver the exceptional experiences your customers deserve now and into the future. Join tens of thousands of successful merchants worldwide. Find out more at shopware.com slash infinite shelf. I have a lot of those sort of thought patterns and experiences in my own, in my own life. <clears throat> I will say that Having watched in the past, like say 10 years, consumers become much more aware of, let's say plastic, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what we're doing to our oceans, what we're doing to our environments and landfills and things like that. Um, and they have incrementally changed their behavior, so as to have the like for-profit corporations sit up and take notice, like Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper and Sprite, I think, are the three brands that came together and have aligned on like a recycling mechanism. So mm-hmm. they work together to make sure that all of their plastic bottles get reused and it's not truly single use. Mm-hmm. And then... Same thing with like plastic bottle makers, like Poland spring and all of those like individually plastic bottles, like they change their caps and they change the, um, com- composure of their single use plastic bottles. Like, are we still using single use plastic bottles? Yes. Unfortunately, the level of convenience that those yep. bring to people's lives are, is, is very big, um, are there people who will like never talk to you again if they see you holding a plastic use uh, single use um. plastic bottle yes and they have their 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 reusable water bottles and i'm very very proud of people like that and i'm impressed by them have i tried to minimize substantially my use of single use plastic absolutely and have the corporations sat up and noticed these consumer trends toward being aware of the impacts that plastic has on the environment. Yes. So I think it's it's kind of this evolving everyone in their own part of the supply chain and the consumer experience having some form of awareness and then making taking some action, um, I think really has made a difference, actually. Yeah. And I think... That, that, those are great
1: points, and I think that we've also sort of gone on a very specific area of purpose, which is around sustainability and saving the planet, but there's also a lot of other things that people would align on in terms of a purpose. So being a, a present and active parent, and mm-hmm. I was just uh, mentioning that I signed up to be the den leader of my son's Cub Scouts. And so now now I'm going to, you know, that is now part of my identity and part of my purpose is I'm going to be, you know, like the camping mom. I'm going to be sort of changing my buying habits around that. And so that is, that's a purpose. i also mentioned health and wellness, and that's a huge um, societal shift that we've seen over the last 30 years or so is, really you know really focusing on health and longevity those are things that I care about as well and what I'm putting into my body and how I'm using it those are all things that people have a very strong like affinity and purpose around as well so not necessarily just talking about cutting down less trees or whatever but these affinities and sort of very strong identities that we have um that give us a sense of purpose and a mission and a a, a sense of a sense of what we're here to do humanity,
0: yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i I agree with that. And I think that you know there's a lot of negativity or like skepticism around the industry like the industrial complex around health and wellness right and i and i do understand there being Um, a a healthy level of skepticism around the profit motive around health and wellness. I mean, certainly as it relates to like our healthcare system, so I won't even like go into that, right? But as it relates to consumer products and things that are available for purchase, um, we've seen an explosion of health and wellness products become available to the average consumer and those industries have all been growing exponentially, right? And so the natural thing is like the natural question that we have to ask ourselves is like, okay, well, what is the purpose of having these industries take on the way, what they have taken on? Like, are they actually setting out to make everything better or are they setting out to just make a profit off of people's, um, emotional, you know, connections Mm. to purpose and wanting to feel good. And I think it's just another one of those examples where it's, the answer is yes. (laughs) on (laughs) both sides, right? And so like, here we are 10 or 15 years into this like wellness products and services revolution. And I think that it's one of those things where people who maybe weren't thinking about their health and wellness to the degree that they are today, a few years ago, before all of these products came to life and the marketing associated with them comes to into their homes into their lives into their phones um i i have to I have to think that people are actually behaving in more healthful ways right because of all of these products and at least the awareness and at least when people were eating people are now eating junk food they're at least aware oh this is junk food versus oh this is just you know, a a juice that I bought at the supermarket. (laughs) And like, they realize that there's a lot of sugar in it now. And, and, and maybe that's okay. Even just the awareness of, hmm, if I have just a little bit less of that, that is healthier. Whereas Mm -hmm. before I don't think that that was really part of the conversation.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I know when Indriya Nui, um, joined as CEO of PepsiCo, that was like a big that was a big campaign that she had. Big platform that she had of taking, you know, PepsiCo. It's a, you know, um, higher calorie kind of products in a lot of cases, and repositioning that as like you know, sometimes a, a, a treat, but then also introducing a lot of a lot of lower sugar products um, that are healthier and like sort of realigning the company around items that are going to be healthier for people or uh, repositioning it as like, yeah, we're not expecting you to have three Pepsis a day. It's a a sometimes food.
0: Gorgeous is the e-commerce help desk that turns your customer service into a profit center. Powered by machine learning and automation, Gorgeous can help your brand turn visitors into shoppers, unlock sales through live chat, text, and social media, and increase your ad effectiveness by the equivalent of a 5% increase in ad spend. Gorgeous continues all of these communication channels through email, SMS, Instagram, DMs, live chat, phone, and more, all organized in one place. With this deep integration with your e-commerce store, you'll be able to quickly see all customer data, order history, and take actions right from your help desk. To learn more about why 8,000 customers, including Steve Madden, Princess Polly, and Marine Lair, use Gorgeous, go to g-o-r-g-i-a-s. dot com slash infinite shelf and get two months free today. Someone on my team thought I either had superpowers or woke up at 5 a.m. to crunch numbers. Turns out I just used Triple Whale. One of their customers actually said that. No one has to know your secret weapon is Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform built to pinpoint your ad spend across networks, helping you visualize campaign performance for smarter, more effective ad spends. Do you have superpowers? Only one way to find out. Hit whale dot com slash infinite self to try for yourself. I think even with that purpose in mind, when she came in as the CEO, her infusing that—I don't know—it also kind of coincided with PepsiCo doing exceptionally better mm-hmm. in, in the stock market, and and that purpose that she infused into the company. Obviously, I'm sure that there's a ton of continued work to do (laughs) as respect Mm to PepsiCo becoming a a partner in in your health and wellness journey. But I do think that that focus for the company that she directed actually also helped the company achieve fantastic results. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So purpose at okay so we've I think we've talked about purpose at the individual level, purpose at like the brand level and how it can um really sort of put your brand on the mark as long as you're actually doing what you set out to do. What do you think about purpose as it relates to the workforce and how much purpose people employees expect to have on their in their day to day?
1: Yeah, I, this is I think this is so important to me, and I, I think about people being engaged at work, and I don't want to get into the whole make this a huge part of this discussion today, but the concept of quiet quitting mm-hmm. is something that a lot of people are having a reaction to. Some people think it's a reversion to the mean, you know reaction to hustle culture and maybe this is healthy and we all need a bit more balance. And then there is also you know genuine fear of people being checked out and not really contributing um, to the organizations that they work at. But I guess what I want to just say is having a sense of purpose and an understanding of how your job fits into the larger organization, whether there is a, you know, really nice feeling kind of company mission or not, just knowing that your job matters and what your the the context of what you're working on matters that your manager and other people around you care about you that context of what you're working on really has an impact is is a is a very very important driver of people feeling engaged at work and getting the most out of people so I, I think this is one of the most important things that you can give to your people is that sense of purpose and mission, whether they're a entry level coordinator or someone leading a big division or an entire company, this is absolutely essential
0: i I really agree and i actually I think there are a lot of different versions of this conversation as it relates to purpose and mission for you know employees and I love that you brought it to the purpose at every level um, and it's not just having purpose as this visionary leader in this mission driven company mm-hmm. that's going to solve all of the world's problems, but it's each individual contributor at every single level, whether they're, you know, yep. delivering packages or tell, being a teller at a bank, like you're part of the system. And when you think about your contribution as, as large or as, Small as it can be, is a part of that vision. I think is so is so important and such a good framework. Like what it makes me think of is. <laughs> I I loved. I was like the biggest Downton Abbey fan back in the day when it when it came out like the first few seasons. <laughs> was like I a,
1: that. That's so I funny. I know.
0: I know. Everyone thinks it's like the strangest little tidbit about me. It is not on brand for me at all. Um but you know, I got to keep you all guessing. But yeah, big 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 Downton Abbey fan. And one of the I think it was like definitely in the first season or something like that where there was someone who was moving and so just quick primer for those of you who who weren't uh alive during 2012 when downton abbey ruled the world um it's basically the story of a very very old moneyed English family who lives on this mansion property and has a very large staff of, of servants and butlers and valets and, and valets, how they call it in English. Um, all of these people that service them and there, it's the story of how their lives are, are run and a a little bit of soap opera-y drama anyway. And so within there, there was a character that was introduced that, was part of that upper class and part of the class that was being served by the servants in the home. And they were so appalled by having to be served and just were very, very, had very modern, frankly, views of servitude and what that means. And they, in in a scene, they were Asking the server, like the the valet who was putting on, who was dressing them, like, please don't do that. I can dress myself. Like, kind of uh, offended that they would even try to dress them. And the valet actually turned around and said, like, sir, this is this is my job. This is my purpose. I, I, if I am not dressing you, Mm. I don't have a place. And so please allow Mm. me to dress you because this is my place. And obviously there's like a lot of layers in that and we can, we can go into entirely other episode about that, but it does bring me, you know, does refocus it where it made the the person who was asking someone not to do their job. Well, it's like, well, then what am I supposed to do? I don't have a purpose outside of that. And I thought that was so enlightening. Mm. Yes. It, yeah,
1: I love, I love that. That's a, that's a really good example. And it, there's, with all the narrative about quite quitting and, you know, people can especially managers can be a little bit sceptical about why people are are there and and what their motivations can be. But at the the end of the day, we just want to, we just want to, everyone wants to matter. Everyone wants to have a job to do and contribute
0: to something. So. Yeah. Great point. And you think about those people at like Trader Joe's, right? Mm-hmm. Like the pe- the checking, the people that are at the checkout counter at Trader Joe's, they're some of the happiest people in the world. Like they are just thrilled to be there, or at least doing a fantastic job in pretending they're thrilled to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's one of those things where if you if you give people a dignity to what they do mm-hmm. and pay them fairly and give them the health benefits that they deserve and make them feel like they're a val- they show them that they're a valued part of the team. I think that's where purpose at every single level comes to life for, for organizations. Love it. Yeah. Well, this was, I mean, I loved talking purpose. I feel like I can have so many more conversations with you about this. Is there anything that we missed in our little Google Doc.
1: No, I think this is a great place to leave it.
0: Awesome. Okay. So thank you all for joining us on the purpose discussion. And I would really, really love it if we can continue having the conversation either through socials or in your in your reviews. Um, please, please contribute. I, it's, a, it's a really, really fascinating one for me. And I loved having you here, Kiri, as always. Thank you so much. Thank and you, See you next time.